Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 95. Stuck or positioned, it's your choice. My continuing interview with my dear friend, Gail McWilliams. Welcome to the program today, everybody. My name is Brian Holmes. You have found the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening dreams, activating destinies. Hey, we want to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed. We want to see you actively involved, fully engaged in everything that God has created you to do. It's going to be a powerful program that we're diving back in with Gail McWilliams in our interview talking about her new book Stuck or Positioned it's your choice I believe this is going to be one more powerful time together let's get started everybody great to have you back with us today and as always a privilege and an honor to have you along for the ride well, as you know, we have been speaking with Gail McWilliams in studio, which is really a rare thing for me. I don't get to have my guest here in Dallas with me very often, but Tony and Gail McWilliams have been friends of Sabrina and I for a number of years. Gosh, I, it's got to be close to 20 years now. We've been involved in their family. They've been involved in our family. They've been involved with our church ministry for many years, and we just have a lot of wonderful memories together, and, and we're collaborating on new things. It's an exciting time to be in relationship with covenant people. And uh, it's great to have her back on the program today. We're going to get to her in just a few moments. But before we do, I want to just kind of share something that's on my heart with you. We are about to launch our brand new Ties That Bind online course, the flagship program we've been running all over the world now for about uh, eight or nine years. We're finally bringing it to an online platform where you can Take the course wherever you are uh, in, in your time frame, at your pace. You can share it with others that you care about and want them to receive this teaching. And we want you to be watching for this. It's going to be launching in just a few weeks, so be watching brianholmes.com for more information about that. Just want to give you that heads up. It's going to be a, a really important time here at Brian Holmes International. Well, let's go right now to the second part of my interview with Gail McWilliams. This is going to be... One for the records, everybody. Gail, welcome back. It's great to be back. I love being with you. Hanging out with another visionary. Wow. We're it's dangerous. A, it's a lot of fun. I know it's sparks are flying. We're <laughs> trying to keep fires from burning up in here. It's just a great time. I want to mention to everybody too, before we get really deep into our conversation, that if you have not heard part one of this interview, be sure to go to brianholmes.com uh, forward slash zero nine four and pick that up. You want to get the backstory. You want to hear about Gail's life, their journey, the challenges they faced and why it is that Gail's doing what she's doing today. Well, Gail, let's pick up where we left off uh, a little bit from last week. Basically, uh, you guys have, were dealt an interesting challenge, and that is that out of the birth of one of your precious kiddos, 
you lost your eyesight, your physical eyesight. But you said to us last week that that was the moment in time when true vision was birthed in your heart and you began to see beyond what the natural eye could see. And that was so inspiring to us. And you and I have talked offline of late about what we sense God is doing in our lives today. And today I want us to to kind of go that direction. We're going to talk about your new book, Stuck or Positioned. And I, I cannot wait to get my hands on a copy of it, quite frankly, uh, because I know it's going to be one of those books that I'm going to want to have on my table everywhere I go. But let me just say this to you right now. I I believe personally that one of the, the waves that we're going to experience in the coming years is more involvement, more influence, more impact that people like you and I are having in the business marketplace, in corporations, with entrepreneurs and leaders and community leaders on that sphere. And in that space, I'm working with people every day, maybe not every day literally, but every week certainly, in that space, entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, corporate CEOs, management teams, and they are dealing with a sense of being stuck. They're, they're, they're not truly zoned in on where they're going. They can't really see you. They can't really uh, discern what it is the next step is, and they feel trapped. They feel stuck. They feel uh, immobilized, maybe is a good word. And I want to talk today about that because I am seeing such a great need in that space. Let's talk about stuck or positioned. Give us the backdrop on that. Well, sounds great. Well, as you referred to my story, I mean, basically, we have five children the doctor said we'd never have. The course of having our children, I lost my eyesight. And so I could say to you, wow, not only was that not fair, but yet on the other hand, we beat the odds. So I have two places. I could say, well, I'm stuck here as a blind woman, or I've been positioned to do something that most people can't do. That's wow. live with vision. Love that. You know, most people live life based only on what they see. And I referred to this story in our first episode. Now I want to go back to it for just a moment. There was a particular day that was a defining moment when I didn't think I was I could go on. I had a collision of emotions from depression to frustration, anger, fear, disappointment. You know, believing in a God who could do the impossible and I was losing on every side. What was up with that? And I remember that day going into the bedroom with full despair by myself my head buried in the carpet, crying, trying to find out what do I do next and what kind of value do I have? I felt like I had nothing. I had been stripped of not only my plans, but stripped of my, my value. Mm. And it was in that place that after many hours, finally, I stood up after I had no more tears to cry. And I thought, wait a minute, even a blind woman could be used for a season. Mm. And if so, use me. So it was interesting. I went into the bedroom in despair and feeling stuck. I walked out going, you know what? I think I might have been positioned in a visual world that's gone blind. Most people are blindsided because of problems in their life. They think their life's over because of a bankruptcy, a divorce, some kind of disappointment. They didn't get to do their own agenda or live their dream. But really, are you stuck in that way, or have you been positioned to learn something, to have something now to give like you've never had before? So literally in my darkest hour of vision was birthed, yes. I get to challenge visual people all the time, and Brian, you've sort of been tracking with me lately that these past two years especially, I have had platforms like I would have never dreamed. Mm. I don't even know how it happened, but I do know this, God will 
send a butler that will open a door that you didn't even know existed. And that door leads to other doors. And that's how it's been for me. National platforms, you know, my audiences, for the most part, the majority of them are often men. And you say, well, how can you do that? You're a woman. What would you have to say to them? This is what I've got to say to them. One, my DNA bleeds encouragement. Secondly, get off the 50 yard line. In fact, you know what, Brian? Not long ago, I was asked to speak in um, Shreveport, Louisiana. It was my first football stadium. Man, I was stoked. You know, I just pictured the whole place was jam filled with people. Standing room only. Well, the truth of the matter is, I don't know what the numbers were there, but as my husband, Tony, escorted me out to the 50-yard line, on the way, I said, where will I be standing? He said, on the field. I said, no, where on the field? He said, 50-yard line. So he drops me off. I'm the keynote speaker. He leaves the field. And all of a sudden, this illustration came to mind. So I greeted the people of Louisiana, and then I said, you know, I find it interesting and even profound that where I'm standing today is where most people live on the 50-yard line. They're in between two goals, halted between two opinions. Oh. One goal represents a victory, the other one, a loss. And there they stand. They're afraid, paralyzed to move because they're afraid of the pushback, afraid of the failures of yesterday, afraid of the facade that they've been living in and somebody might discover the real them. Whoever knows the long list, but they're afraid. And eventually they're content to just mosey off the field and get in the grandstands and watch everyone else play the game. And I told them that day, and I'm going to say this to you and your audience today. What would it take for you to get back on the field of life and play with all your might? Yeah. You got some goals. You had some pushbacks, and maybe you didn't get that goal first. Get back up. Come on. You got one life, and it's called the game of life. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. You and I both know Miles Monroe. Yep. Yep. Loved that man. Yep. And I loved what he said so often. You know, most people live full and die empty. Mm. We need to, I mean, no, 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 no. I got it wrong. Most people die full and live empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've got to turn that around to live full and die Die empty. empty. Let's pour it out. Let's give it all. And in the middle of giving it all, guess what? I'm doing things now I never thought I would do. And when you talked about um, corporate world and business world, see, here's my deal. Everybody is game for me. Give yeah. me anybody breathing. Yeah. yeah. Because I love what my dear friend Zig Ziglar used to say. When you have a word of encouragement, you'll always have a gift to give someone. People need encouragement. Yes. People need help to see beyond. So many times people stop is all they see is obstacles. I don't see obstacles. I say, well, what can I do in the middle of this challenge? Yeah. Yeah. How can I move around it? How can I make the most? And I'm not living on the 50 yard line. And I know for sure you don't. No. No, I will tell you that in seasons of my life, I've I've been stuck there. Sure. Uh, I talk, and I mentioned to you a while ago that I, I do a, a seminar and a talk on transition. And, you know, basically, in my, my audience has heard me talk about discontent, disconnect, discovery, and redeployment. And, and those are four stages that I've experienced several times in my life. And looking back, I can see those were moments of significant transition. The problem is the place in between the two goals you were talking about, the place in between point A and point B, where you've been being point A and where maybe God's wanting to get you in this new season being point B, it's it's called in between. And in between is ugly. In between is mm-hmm. insecure. In, in between is, is nerve-wracking. 
And many times I find that uh, we have to reach for something that we have no clue what we're reaching for. But to do that, we've got to let go of something that we're very familiar with. And, and I find a lot of people, great analogy, stuck right in the middle because they're, they're holding to both worlds. I'd love to hear you talk about what you've seen with that because I know you've, in my case, I've talked to dozens of pastors, dozens of business owners or managers, people that are feeling like there's something new coming in my life, but I, I just feel stuck. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. What do you say to those folks? Well, first of all, let's maximize what you do have. You know, in my world, I could have said, well, I lost my eyesight, so I've lost everything. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, what did I still have in my hand? Well, I had a voice, I had a vision, I had a dream. And I think that's the thing. We reach a certain point and we quit dreaming because we think it, it won't work. It's too late. We're too old. It's not true. You're not stuck in an unrealized dream. No, this is the beginning. Everything that you've done yesterday is in preparation for today. So first of all, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. I hate it when people complain all the time or they say they've got it so hard. You're going to tell this woman you've got it hard? Are you kidding? I've made every kind of mistake. I've walked out with the wrong people before. You've heard those stories. Hey, I was in an airport the other day headed to Wisconsin to speak. I turned to my husband. We were standing at the gate and I started telling him this story not knowing he'd walked over to the ticket counter to take care of our tickets. So I'm just talking away. Nobody's there. Finally, the gentleman on the other side of me said, ma'am, who are you talking to? (laughs) I just turned to him and smiled and I said, oh, I speak for a living. I'm just practicing. (laughs) You know, the first thing you got to do in that place where you feel stuck, you got to deal with your dead space. Wow. And some of you in your dead spaces, all you're telling yourself is you can't. And you're feeling sorry for yourself. It's not true. Yes, you can. Get up. Let's do this again. And a few keys that I have found for helping with feeling stuck. One is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Brian, a couple of years ago, I was on my way to San Antonio to um, actually speak with the governor of our state. I was the keynote and he was receiving an award. We were going to have dinner together and then speak for this huge, big function. And on the way to the hotel to get changed before we went to the uh, actual big event. My husband said, oh, look over there. There's a a company over there. And he named the name of the company. And he said, "Uh, that's their new headquarters. Well, that company was familiar to me because I've used some of their medical products that have literally helped sustain my life. And I said, pull in. And he said, what? I said, pull in. He said, Gail, you've got an event with the governor. And I said, I've got some time. Just pull in, please. So he pulled in and Of all things, we were met by a big old security guard. And he said, ma'am, can I help you? And I said, yes, I just stopped by for a moment. I'm actually in town to speak tonight for an event with the governor. But I just stopped by to say thank you for what you do. Because of what you do, I get to do what I do all around the globe. Thank you. He said, well, you're welcome. He said, would you like to come in? I said, sure. So Tony parked the car. Guard escorted me into this beautiful lobby. So he brings me over to the receptionist of this lobby and, and she says, may I help you? And I said, my name's Gail McWilliams and I'm in town tonight to speak with the governor. But first I wanted to stop by and just simply say to you, thank you for what you do because of what you do, I get to do what I do all around the globe. Thank you. She said, oh, you're welcome. She sort of giggled and she said, why don't you have a seat? I said, okay. Before you know it, the security guard had brought another man back to me, man dressed in a really nice suit. Seemed sort of official. 
And I stood to greet him and I said, I just stopped by to simply thank you for what you do because of what you do, I get to do what I do all around the globe. He said, would you like to come up to my office? He was the top executive of the company. (laughs) I'm now up in his main office, which I probably could have never gotten an appointment for, but it was all because of gratitude. Yeah. And you know, when I sat there across from his desk, I just started by saying, tell me more about your life. Tell me what you do here. Tell me about some of your new research and what you're excited about. I believe that one of the ways to get out of feeling stuck is to give yourself away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? That one door led to so many other doors. I have a brand new friend who's a top exec of a company that I love and I'm, I'm, and I'm grateful for. I think another way to get out of feeling stuck is seeds. I got this friend in Minnesota. He, he plows and works 3,000 acres. It's his own. One day he was out on the tractor and he was planting seeds and just feeling like, you know, what's his life amount to? Just felt like it was mundane. And uh, he got this idea. He took eight acres of the 3,000 and he said, I'm going to give the proceeds or whatever the produce is going to be from these eight acres. I'm going to give it to the McWilliams. Let's see what they'd like to do with it. What the man didn't know is that what we were praying for was the funding we needed for a trip where I was going to be speaking 15 times in 18 days in the nation of Spain. Wow. We took all of my books, put them into Spanish. We did our first transcontinental uh, transaction. And uh, we needed a certain amount of money to get that done so that the books would be ready for us when we got to Spain. And here this man gets this idea one day on the tractor when he's struggling to see if he has any significance. Mm. The amount of money that I got from that grain bin, which I was surprised because I didn't know a check was coming for some seed I didn't even know I had. It was the exact amount I needed, Brian, to get the job done. His seed not only impacted our lives, but continues to impact a whole nation and beyond. Wow. Now, if you want to sit there sucking your thumb, feeling sorry for yourself, thinking there's nothing for you to do, look again. Take it from this woman who maybe I can't see in the natural, but I'll tell you what, I got eyes to see. You got potential. You were born on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. Now, what are you waiting on? And you know the other thing, Brian? Sorry to be talking so long on your show. You're good. This is why you're here. Okay. Network. Yeah. People think, I heard a guy say to me the other day, he said, I don't believe in networking. I thought, either that's the most foolish thing you've ever said to me, or you're lying to me. Of course you believe in a network. Work your network. And this is why people have to become more aware of people around you. Get to know somebody all the time, whether it's on the airplane, which I'm on a lot, or whether I'm in the airport or wherever I am, I'll strike up a conversation with someone. The other day I asked a guy, so what do you do with your life? He said, you mean, what do I do? And I said, no, what do you do with your life? And he said, ma'am, I have never been asked a question like that. And I said, I can wait. Wow. And I did wait. You know what? I found a friend. I found out what he does. I have actually coached people, top people, top positions, just by guys that sit next to me on the plane. Yeah. Uh, I sat down the other day and um, one of my starting open lines, you can, anybody can use this if they want. But the guy sat down next to me, he got buckled in. I waited for, you know, the time when he's got his stuff up. And I said, um, hey, you going home or are you going to work? He said, I'm going to work. I said, what do you do? He said, I sell lights. I could tell the guy wasn't even looking at me. I said, what kind of lights? He said, big lights. Where do you put them? Stadiums. Do you like what you do? Not at all, he says. And I said, 
sir, it, what's your passion? He said, I don't know. And I thought he was just sort of blowing me off. He didn't want to talk. So I thought, well, I'm going to circle around one more time, one more pass. And I said, sir, if you could get paid for your passion, if you did find out what it was, would you do it? He, man, he became animated. He turned at me. I triggered something. And he said, lady, are you crazy? He said, I got two kids to raise. That'd be too risky. Oh, boy. And I thought to myself, you'll be in a book of mine one day. Yeah. (laughs) Because here's the deal. That's where most people live. You think it's too risky to live your dream. Who told you that? How do you know that the dream you've got, everybody else has? No, they don't. It's your dream. Brian, you and I are very similar in that we like, we're movers and shakers. We love to connect people and we're, we're like maximize our time in this culture and in this generation. But most people, they're content just to be wallflowers or wallpaper just hanging around. And I want to say to you, it's your time in history. What will you do with it? Yes. How will you be accountable to it? And if I can go on to say this, that one story that really... Uh, is just a great visual. It happens to be about my husband, Tony McWilliams. We've been married for 37 years. We have five children. And one day he was on his way to speak for a corporation, the Ziegler Corporation. And we were living south of Dallas at the time in a, a little uh, sleepy you know, suburb. And as he was um, headed into town, you know how the traffic can be. Mm-hmm. And on this Monday morning, crazy traffic delays, wrecks. I mean, it was just, it was terrible. And on his way, he was trying to maneuver through every little thing just to get, you know, one more car length ahead of the next guy. Finally, he got to downtown Dallas, looked at the clock on the car and saw it was 10 till eight in the morning. And the meeting started promptly at eight. And he had to be in North Dallas up on the tollway. There was no way he was going to make it. And he was ticked. There he sat in the second lane of eight lanes of traffic, stuck. So he called the Ziegler Corporation. He said, listen, I'm so sorry. I'm stuck in traffic this morning. It's crazy. I can't get up there. And uh, the man who answered the phone, his name was Brian. He said, hey, don't worry about it. I'll fill in for you, but we'll just reschedule you. Tony thanked him, but still he was really frustrated. He was just stuck. A sea of cars going nowhere. Well, suddenly the car in front of him stopped. Hispanic woman got out of her car quickly ran to the back seat, to the back door, pulled a little baby out of the back seat to the middle of all these sea of cars in the middle of traffic. Tony quickly put his car in park, ran with his phone, calling 911 as he's running to her. And she's struggling. She's got so much horror on her face, but struggling between her native tongue, her native language and English back and forth. Finally, she blurts out two words, fever and seizure. So Tony, now as he's calling um, 911, he, he gives them the, the points, you know, the, where they need to come and gives them the numbers where they are on the highway and whatever he needed to do to find those landing marks. And then uh, when he put the phone up, the woman in such despair, she just quickly put the baby into my husband's arms. And there he just called on the name of God to help. He didn't know what to do. In a few moments, a medical professional stopped by and began to give Tony instructions what to do with a baby while they're having a seizure. And then miraculously, after many moments that seemed like eternity, the paramedics were able to get through and took the baby literally from my husband's arms into the ambulance into the hospital. 
Well, as Tony walked back to the car, he was just sort of rattled, like, what was that? What just happened? And it was interesting, too. Still a sea of people, but only a few stopped. Mm. So when he finally got out of the traffic, he called me to say, Gail, you're not going to believe what happened. One, I didn't make the Ziegler appointment. I couldn't believe it. Then when he told that story, I said, wow. I said, Tony, you weren't stuck today. You were positioned. Mm. See, on his calendar, it read corporate event. On the daytimer of God, it read rescue a life. Mm. This is about more than you, Brian Holmes, and more than just about Gail McWilliams. This is about making a difference. You've got to show up. You're not stuck. You've been strategically positioned for this hour. Oh, girl, you're good. That's amazing. <laughs> what, what a story. What a, what a real-life metaphor of, of what it looks like when we get frustrated, bent out of shape, ticked off, and, and all kinds of discombobulated and many times miss that God has positioned us for something. And, and we're so fixated on what we're not getting out of the deal that we miss what really is there for us to, to do. Great point. You know, Brian, I look at your life and you talk about transition. Well, let me back up first. That word transition, if you're speaking to a woman, we're not talking those four D's or whatever you were talking about. We're talking about giving birth. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, yes. And in the middle of that transition for women giving birth, whew, personality can change. You know, you want to get up off the table. Demons and there's can no, show up. There's nowhere to go. But what's happening, we're moving from a baby that's safely in the womb coming through the birth canal. And you're thinking, can anything fit in that? Yeah. And then being birthed into a harbor of hope, a harbor of destiny. We're giving birth to something. It's no different than the the butterfly stuck in that dumb old cocoon, you know, tight place of all places. But there's a transformation. There's something, something happening within that cocoon. And then eventually what? The cocoon, it breaks open. The butterfly flies free. Here's two things, though, to beware of. If you go and help the butterfly out by opening the cocoon, you'll kill the butterfly. It has to have that struggle in order for that next season, in order for that flight. And here's the other thing you have to remember. Maybe you're one that says, you know what? Things were better for me five years ago. If that butterfly ever returned to the cocoon saying, I think I liked it better because it was cozy. Mm. uh, There's no way it can live there anymore. You know why? Residents took over. You know what they were? Maggots. Yes. Why would you go back to some kind of infested place of a small beginning because you felt comfortable in it. Somebody might feel comfortable with a python wrapped all around them. It feels comfortable and safe till you're head on with the dude. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying to you, what does comfort have to do with it? Why not stretch? Why not grow? You're not stuck. And as long as you have the mentality you're stuck, there's nowhere to go. If you think you're positioned, you'll never live life the same. Absolutely. That's what the book's about. Man, I, I just, I, I can't wait to get a, my hands on a copy. <laughs> You're getting and, uh, it. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, you know, along the same lines, uh, the, the cocoon metaphor, uh, someone a number of years ago said to me personally, it was, it was kind of a strong encouragement to me that there was going to be a season in my life where I would be like a, a bird. And, and a bird, if you think about it, a bird is not really born. A bird is, is kept in an, an egg. Uh, it, it, there's a container 
the container, depending on the breed of bird, can be whatever size it is. It's it's they, they vary greatly, of course. But that container is a fixed environment. It's a fixed size. It's a it is not meant to stay in. And if that bird, as it's developing and growing in that particular environment, reaches a place, at some point it does reach a place where that environment begins to be cramped, uncomfortable, because the the destiny of the bird is not to stay in that environment. The destiny of the bird is to be outside and to fly. And uh, this person said to me that the environment that you are going to be given you must remember it's not meant to keep you. Hmm. And you will come to a point where you become frustrated, discontent, and, and it's going to be a little bit stressful, painful, because y- you are designed to break out of that. If you do not break out of it, you will die. But if you if you choose to allow the process to, to set you free, then you will live and you will fly. And I was like, hmm. okay, that, that's big, but think about the people that you and I have cross paths with over the years and and whether it's in the business sector, whether it's in ministry, whether it's just in life in jobs, careers, whatever, any area that they, they assume the present container they're in is the end game. They assume that, okay, I'm here. I'm I'm familiar with the environment. I know what to do here. I know, I know how to answer that question. I know how to push that button and do that deal. I would like to, to present that, very possibly your book, this message about stuck or positioned, we need to hear this because many people right now, I believe, are in a place where they're breaking out of the container they've been in. And there's so much more to see, so much more to experience, so much more to achieve, to do, to accomplish, so much more impact they can have. But the stuck or positioned thing is a big deal. Well, you asked me earlier before we went on the air about transition. By the way, sorry, I, I hit my microphone. No problem. Okay. Hate to play the blind card, but I'm going to right there. <laughs> I only play it if I can get good seats. There you go. There you go. Okay. So you talked about transition. You told me you're going to be writing a book about it, which I can't wait to read that too. But just know you got this from me first. Okay. Transition. What does that look like? You know, sometimes we talk about being poured from one vessel to another. And we understand that analogy because what? We're getting rid of all the all the dross, all the junk. It goes to the bottom of what? We pour out the finer wine mm-hmm. into a larger vessel, right? Yeah. So it's a refinement that's going on. The process, though, is really scary because you're in a free fall. Mm. You don't know what to grab onto. It doesn't feel comfortable anymore. Even though you had all that junk sitting with you, all that sediment sitting with you in that small place, see, here's what happens. We get comfortable with the things that are abnormal. Yes. Abnormal becomes yes. normal. And so we want a bigger place, but do we really? Because now we're scared to death of this free fall because we're going to be in a bigger vessel. Never been in a bigger vessel. What's that like? How will I fill it? We have all these questions before we're even willing to go. But one thing I found out in that free fall, especially, especially to us who believe that there is a great God in heaven who's ordering our steps, in the free fall, we focus on it not feeling good or comfortable. What we must focus on is the one doing the pouring. Yeah, yeah. And if you realize, Brian, that your life has purpose, you were born on purpose with purpose for a purpose, that your life's not your own, it's about more than just you, it's about legacy yet to come. If it's about impacting your culture and making a difference, serving God in your generation, yeah, making a difference, you know, serving people, making a difference, 
wow, then suddenly you begin to live life free. Yes. With your hands wide open saying, what's next? Nearly every day I wake up, it drives my husband nuts. I'll go, okay, what's the game plan today? And then I'll say, what's next? We get done with one big accomplishment. And I'll go, okay, next, let's do it. Yeah. Why? Because we have one life. Yes. And I think people think that they're just going to sit around. You know, one guy told me once, I've been waiting all my life for something to happen. I went, your whole life? Oh my Lord. See, even if you're doing a minimal thing today, maybe it's the exact skill you're going to need for tomorrow. So why not give it all your might? See, you're not you're not just stuck in the job where you are. I had someone recently just this week tell me, I'm always accused that I'm just too bored because I'll I'll do something for a couple of years, I'll get something started, and then I'll move on to something else. And I'll go, You're not just bored, that's your gift. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're a pioneer. You get something going and then you go on to the next thing to get that going. And if you're not careful, you'll let other people's opinion, like people could be watching your life, Brian, going, well, gosh, what's he doing now? Mm -hmm. He's evolving. He's growing. That's what he's doing. He's maximizing everything he's been through to to seize today. I was speaking in Atlanta, Georgia at this big convention, and it was a beautiful hotel. I think we were at the CNN Center downtown. And so to get into the lobby, you had to go through this revolving door. And so I had some luggage with me. I had my purse. I was holding onto my husband's arm. Part of my luggage got caught in the door. So I'm, you know, pulling that really fast. We get in this revolving door and all of a sudden it hit me. This is where most people live. Because in the revolving door, you can see behind you and you sort of envy all those people walking freely from where you just came from. Mm-hmm. Then you look around on each side and you go, well, they look like they're not restrained. Where, wow, where are they going? And here you are in this small, confined place. Yeah. But here's the issue. Just push. Yeah. In the middle of pushing, you're going to reach that point where there is a big open door. And guess what? You have access to it as well. Yeah. Now, a lot of people say, I quit pushing. It was too hard. Push again. It's not too late. Yeah. Or you'll say, well, I pushed right past the open door. I, And they live with regret all their life. You know what? Stay in the rotation. Keep pushing because there will be a door that opens to you. It could be that you end up in the place where you just simply pick up your luggage, like at a terminal when you just got off the plane and you're headed home. Or maybe you're picking up your luggage because you got somewhere else to go. See, your life has value. And the moment people can see that, they'll live life different as well. You're not stuck. You've been strategically positioned for this hour. But here's the deal. It's your choice. Where do you want to live? A lot of people love feeling stuck, even though they complain about it all the time because it's become their comfort zone. Right, right. There's more. Tell us about the book. When is it being released and how can people get the book? And and give me a bit of a summary. If you were to summarize the book in just a few sentences, what would it be? That's so hard. Well, I can tell you when it's going to be released. It's going to be released uh, August and um, I'm excited. Already corporations have been purchasing it for their employees, for the top management. You know what? There's a corporation. I love this. They came in and ordered it for every teacher, principal, superintendent in their whole county. Wow. So that they could get a vision because they feel like what they do is so valuable to the next generation. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible. The moment That's we start, vision. Yeah. The moment we start thinking about other people. But a synopsis of one thing Well, it would be this, Brian Holmes, this is your day. 
This is your hour. Everything you've ever done has brought you to this point. What are you going to do with it? You're either going to stay in this office feeling like you're stuck with ideas and dreams that you can't afford that are bigger than yourself, or you're going to begin to reach again. And in the reaching, you're going to find yourself you've been strategically positioned for this hour. And the moment you start making a list of everyone who's helped you get to this point, you're going to realize a lot of people believed in you. That's going to be an encouragement. Yeah. The moment you start giving yourself away with seeds from your life, there'll be a bumper crop in other people's lives. And listen to me, when you help other people get what they want, you can get whatever you want. And also that's the greatest sign of leadership is to serve other people. And as far as the book, every story is diverse. I talk about Kurt Warner. I love that man. Great, great football player. Talk about some soccer players. I talk about some senators. I talk about a few of my stories, but oh, the book's worth it. Just this one story about the first garden Tony and I ever had. You know what people don't ever consider is the yield. We put a bunch of seed in the ground, but we had no idea we'd have to till it, work it, you know, uh, pluck things up, can it. We never considered the yield. Yeah. What about the yield of your life? What is it that it's producing across the board? And then there's a chapter called Puzzled. There's some things in life we'll never understand. Mm-hmm. And I, I talk about that. People who have lost their life and people who have been in accidents and where the other one died and they didn't. Just that sense of guilt and, and saying why and how. But just out of honoring someone else who lost their life is cause for us to live our life big. Mm-hmm as a memorial to them as well. There's so many chapters I love in it. One of them is midnight. Why is it at midnight? Our kids always seem like they're the most sick. <laughs> or at midnight, you know, we've got the most worries. Yeah. At midnight, darkest hour, right? Or is it the beginning of a new dawn? Yeah. One minute after midnight begins the, the journey towards a new day. And I love that Psalm that says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter to the full day. You and I have the advantage. We don't walk alone. And I'm so grateful. Wisdom is ours if we ask for it. We're not stuck in ignorance. We can ask for his wisdom. And in the areas that we don't understand, it's his peace. He's gone before us. He walks beside us. The glory of the Lord's our rear guard. The strategies and the favor of God, I don't want to be without them. And I believe there's a whole bunch of people that need a word of encouragement and I'm willing and able. Gail, you are simply amazing. (laughs) You're just kind. You let me talk. Thank you. That's what, that's what a good interviewer does is just, I want people to know you and I want people to hear what's in your heart. And that's, uh, you, you have really, really moved me today more than you realize. Well, if you want to find out more about Gail, I encourage you, go to gailmcwilliams.com. She has a YouTube channel with so many videos. If you just go onto YouTube and search for Gail McWilliams, you're going to find a lot of her keynotes on there. Anything she does is powerful. If you are looking for a speaker, I can't, I just can't recommend her more highly. And I encourage you to find out more and more about Gail. Follow her and be watching for her book. We will have a link in the show notes to this episode to her book, pre-order or otherwise. I think by the time this episode airs, it may already be out. So we'll have a link in there. And we're just so delighted that you and Tony dropped by today. Thank and uh, you. you are 
a cherished friend in our world. And thank you again for being here. You too, Brian. I can't wait till the next time. I'm excited to see what's happening in your life. By the way, if there's corporations or organizations that want to buy a large quantity, yeah. we'll work out a discount with them as well. Because, you know, the moment you start thinking about other people and encouraging them, I like what Zig said, uh, no one really appreciates oxygen till it's gone. <laughs> Same <laughs> exactly. way with encouragement, right? Absolutely. Everybody needs a word of encouragement. And, and I'd like to say that you're full of it. Encouragement, that is. (laughs) You're the best. We love you and we thank Thank you so much. And uh, it's been great having you here in the studio today. Thank you so much, Brian. Well, you can find the show notes to this episode at brianholmes.com forward slash 095. And I tell you what, all the links that we've talked about, they're going to be there. But be sure to plug into everything that Gail is doing uh, in Dallas-Fort Worth, around the nation, around the world. It will be a tremendous blessing to your life. We'd love to hear from you, your comments, your questions. You can engage with us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, all those wonderful social media outlets. I want to encourage you to subscribe to our weekly email update so you can be getting this kind of content in your email inbox on a regular basis. Also, I'd like to uh, just if you, if you really enjoy the podcast, go to iTunes, give us a star rating, give us a review there. That really boosts our visibility in iTunes and helps more and more people find out about what we're doing here at brianholmes.com. Well, just to mention to you again, got a couple of incredible things being launched in the month of September. Our Ties That Bind online course, our monthly seminar series here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So much more happening around here. We want you to be a part of it. Well, if you've enjoyed this show today, please share this with someone you know. Email them a link to it. Let them know you've got to hear episode 9495 with Gail McWilliams. And I know that they will be blessed by that. Well, until next time, know this. You are born to greatness. You have an incredible call and destiny on your life. And we believe that you can be healed. You can be transformed. You can be engaged in what God's put you here in the earth to do. Until next time, we love you. We believe in you. God bless. God bless.